It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blue Hello and welcome to the Man City Show. John Stapleton standing in for Nigel Rock Band uh, this week. Well, what a splendid spectacle that was uh, on Saturday as we once again walloped Watford. The question is, can we do it again tomorrow night? And if so, would you include in the lineup our four goal hero, Jesus? God bless him. Should he start in the starting lineup? I don't know. Let's find out. Let's talk to Roger Reed and let's talk to David Blakeney, two city stalwarts alongside me today. Well, first of all, lads, overall impressions of, of, of Saturday. David, you kick off. Uh, a bit of a tale of two halves, really, wasn't it? Because after 52 minutes, 5-1 up, you're thinking one or two more, get the goal difference up there. And it got a bit flat in the second half. Now, I don't want to sound like I'm moaning. You would say 5-1 is very good. But they were there for the taking. Goal difference is absolutely critical. It was a golden opportunity. So, unfortunately, I felt a bit flat at the end of it. Uh, really? Uh, yeah, because I felt... There was an opportunity there. You know, we could have gone to 6-7-1. And I think if you look at people like Liverpool, they're, they're still scoring goals near the end of games. And it was just an opportunity missed on goal difference. I know that sounds terrible, but it is. Roger, we're a bit hard to please, aren't we? We want six or seven. <laughs> <laughs> David, I admire your uh, comments on that. But listen, as, like yourself, John, as City fans of long standing, to win 5-1 is always satisfying. I don't think uh, we can say too much against uh, against the lads for the performance. I, I think they probably did ease off the last 15 minutes or so. But you've got to remember, at the back of their mind, they're playing one of the biggest games of the season in about three days' time. So... You know, given the due, I think it was the right thing to do. We won easily. It was a great performance. Um, and, and you know, yeah, the preparations for Madrid, I think we're almost in hand before the end of the game. So, uh, massive game, obviously, against Madrid now so, uh, on, on Tuesday. What Can I just ask one... David? Sorry, John. Sorry, I just wanted on. to ask one question on that. The title might be decided on goal difference this year. True, true. Yeah. You can't take away the fact, yeah... That every opportunity to get goal difference could be critical. They got two more. We're now four behind. Do you not think some element would say 
try and get one or two more just to get the goal difference when you've got someone on the ropes. Roger? I, I'm happy with 5-1, honestly. I'm happy with 5-1 and the players in the right frame of mind prepared for the big game on the Tuesday night. Um, I, it would have, yeah, yeah, David, in a perfect world, it, we could have gone um, you know, up to 6-7-8 like we have done in the past. I can remember not so long ago, was it three years ago, we beat Watford by eight and we didn't take the, the foot off the off the gas in that game. Yeah, so there's a possibility. Um, my personal view... I think Liverpool are going to keep winning their games. I think they're going to keep scoring goals. They've got natural goal scorers who will take the chances better than ours. I think we're grafting uh, to create more chances to be able to create the goals that we are scoring. So we're still in there shouting. You know, everybody, the world and his wife wants Liverpool to win this league this year. Uh, We're little Manchester City doing our best to stop them. <laughs> I do love it. Yes, yes. False sense of modesty. Speaking of people taking their chances, what about Jesus, David? I actually thought he was brilliant. I mean, he was, how can I say, he was like the boxer who just every time was knocking someone down with just ferocity. I mean, each goal was superb. The confidence in the penalty was brilliant. It wasn't a, like ticky tacky, just squeezing it in deflection goal or whatever. They were very well-taken goals and he was just, I thought he was brilliant. I just hope that now sticks with him, that confidence, because that was by far his best ever performance and I thought it it was breathtaking. Yeah, and don't forget, not just four goals, but four goals and an assist and it could have been two assists had had Sterling been uh, more accurate in, in his delivery towards yeah. goal. It is remarkable. So, um, you know, when you look at that and you look at what what Sterling contributes and you look at what Jesus can contribute and what he then did, Sterling could never have a performance like that of that quality when Jesus shows he's got it in his locker now. That's pretty big for the next few games. Yeah, Roger, I've been a fan of Jesus for a long time, actually. I think he's a terribly hardworking, great squad player, fantastic squad player. And I suspect he's had a bit of a rough deal, frankly. Am I, am, I, am I being fair when I say that, Roger? I think you're being entirely fair, John, and I agree with you 100%. In fact, both yourself and David will be aware on the podcast, we've had one or two of our panel members over previous years have, have had a few pops at uh, Gabriel Jesus. I think his contribution is always welcome. He's, a, he's not a natural goal scorer, but he's still got a terrific goal scoring record. The quality of his play is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the, the truth is, we've got to recognise this squad is probably the best squad in the world. So, you know, even some of the great, great players like Gabriel Jesus, the centre-forward for Brazil, he's not going to play every game. And even the great players have to accept they're not going to play every game. When they do play, they are of the highest, highest quality quality and he's always been that for me um I, i've been shocked by one or two people on the podcast who sort of said no he's not good enough no hang on a minute he, he, don't compare him with sergio aguero he's a completely different player to sergio and i think his contributions have always been brilliant and much appreciated well i i agree with you and you know people say he's no aguero well there is there is no other aguero aguero was a, a one-off and it's no good saying he's not an aguero no one can be another aguero but if you look at uh, jesus's goals per minute record and his number of assists he's an as you rightly say he's an outstanding contributor to that team and i just absolutely think in a better run uh, in the starting lineup 
he may well have done it. What's he got? Seven goals now. He's double more than double his his tally for, for, for the Premier League. Anyway, I think you know, given a better run, he could have been, he could have done a lot more for us. What about you, David? Well, my only problem, and and yeah, I agree with everything you said, but sometimes you need these sorts. First of all, he hasn't actually. I don't think scored that many lately for Brazil, and he's not been in the starting lineup quite often. He's been on the bench. My issue is this a really natural striker needs to do it when it matters. I'd rather him score one on Saturday, but score the week before against Liverpool in the Cup when he had a one on one. This is where the problem comes. It's all very well getting four, five goals, or whatever on your Watford games. But we need him to do it when it matters. And he has occasionally in the last few games done quite well. But we need him in the big games just to get that magic goal. Look at yesterday in Liverpool. You know, Ricky, he, he does it when it matters. We'll, we'll talk about tomorrow in, in just a minute and, and the game against Real Madrid in just a minute, Roger. But, you know, me, meantime, would, would Jesus be better off at Arsenal? I mean, Arteta apparently is keen for him to go there. He'd stand a better chance of first-team football, would he not? Yeah, I think the the truth is any Premier League manager would jump at the chance of taking Gabriel Jesus, as, as indeed I think any manager at any top club around Europe would, would jump at the chance of taking him. I, I, I take issue with David on the point that I don't think he is a natural goal scorer. I think he is a hard-working, skillful player who will score a few goals here and there. But he's not a Sergio. He's not, he's not someone like Salah or, or even, if we're going to talk about Madrid, Benzema. Benzema's, you know, ratio of goals to chances uh, taken is incredible. Um, He's not that sort of a player. So let's not put him in that same mould or or compare him with those players. But he's a terrific, terrific player. As I said, we'll come back to tomorrow night in just a tick and indeed, uh, Jesus. But uh, first, a word or two about Zinchenko. Somebody else I've been a fan of for a long time. I have a huge admiration for this lad. You know, don't don't forget, you know, we got him for tuppence by to, in, in today's terms anyway, two or three million quid. He was wanted by Wolves. He didn't want to go to Wolves. He said, no, I want to fight for my place at City. He got his place at City. He's not played that much this week, this season. And, you know, there must be all sorts of things on his mind, given his, his, his ethnicity and his, and his background and where his family are and how they're doing. But, you know, he's, he turned in, a, I thought, a superb performance for us on Saturday. And that tackle, when he, when he, he went after Cancelo let a, a loose ball go, that tackle on, on, the, on the Watford strike, I think it was, was, you know, could have yeah. been a, a, a match winner, couldn't it? David, your views on Zinchenko? Uh, I'm a big fan. I sometimes think he should be our number one left back, to be honest. Sometimes. Uh, I think he's very good. Um, You know, obviously Cancelo plays there and when Walker's fit, but if you take those two out of it, I think he's the next choice to be uh, on that left side. I think he crosses the ball well. He's a good footballer. He doesn't lose the ball. And he's been a little bit, had a bit of a hard time because he's only played one or two games. He normally plays a lot more the second half of the season, I think, than the first half. And actually, to be fair to him, he hasn't had enough game time and he's probably had a lot on his mind. And I think playing probably takes stuff off his mind. It, it probably involves him. Yeah, sure. I'm a big fan and I really hope he, he does play. Yeah, well, of course, Cancelo, as you say, plays left-back uh, yeah. more often than not. But I have to say, although I have a huge admiration for him as well, I'm a massively talented player. To me, he's looked a bit tired the last couple of games. I mean, he, did, he nearly gave away a goal, didn't he? But Zinchenko, as I said, saved his skin. Um, 
Would you play? Would you play him uh, against Real Madrid? Uh, well, I, I think Cancelo. Um, he, he had a yeah. He didn't have the best of games on on Saturday. I think whether his mind was on other things or not, I'm not quite sure. But uh, he, I, I gather, he's going to miss the game to, to tomorrow. Oh, uh, of course, that's through right. suspension. Of course, he is. Yeah. So the the issue is whether Kyle Walker is going to actually get back from injury or not. Um, if, if Kyle Walker's fit, then the issue then becomes easy. It's a simple choice between, I guess, Ake and uh, Zinchenko. So he may well not play at, uh, at left back. Despite I agree with you, John, his performance on Saturday again was impeccable. That tackle was absolutely crucial because it was a time when if Watford had scored, uh, you know, you could see them almost breaking back into the game. Could have been a different outcome. The question then: Who plays right back? Because you know Walker's injured. We think Stones may may well be injured. And I don't know whether Peck was joking or not when he says Jesus might play right back. But it's, you know, the way, played, <laughs> the way he played on Stathy, it's not beyond the bounds of possibility because you often see him de- defending stoically, don't you? And then yeah. in the next few seconds, he's in the penalty area uh, taking his chance. So maybe maybe he's the answer. But would you play him? Let's, let's ask a more, perhaps a more serious question, David. Would you play him up front tomorrow against Real Madrid, given, given his four goals on Saturday? Yeah, I would. I wouldn't play Sterling. I'd play him. I think he's ahead of Bradish and I think... He's ahead of um, Sterling at the moment. I completely agree, and I wouldn't play Grealish either. So I play Miles no. on the right, yeah. in the middle, and and uh, and Foden on the left. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, what about you, Roger? Front line against Real Madrid. Yeah, it's interesting because it, uh, there was obviously rest days for um, Foden and and Silva, weren't there? So you, you read into that that they're going to be uh, selected for the game. Um, I'm not quite sure. To be honest with you, I think the great thing with Gabriel Jesus is his wonderful 100% positivity. His attitude is that he doesn't care as long as he plays. He'll play anyway, He'll play in goal if need be. <laughs> you know, it's a fantastic positive attitude, uplifting attitude he has. Um, realistically, he's not going to play right back, I don't think. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think on current form, I would certainly put him ahead of Sterling in the batting order. Yeah, a word about Kevin De Bruyne, who went off with a Bit of a, a knock, I think, and he's got some ankle issue, I, I, I gather. But you know, he's in imperious form, isn't he, David? Oh, he's unbelievable at the moment. You see it when he's not playing. He's just been, you know, every time you watch him, you you just can't keep your eyes off him. He's just the conductor, isn't he, of an orchestra? He just flows beautifully. Everything, and and I think he's been massive for his last few games. You know, scoring a few goals, and he's just. To watch him all, and we desperately need him to play. I just get worried that if he overplays, we'll have a problem that he might aggravate any injury. He, he does tend to have the odd injury now, doesn't he? And I'm a bit worried of that he gets too injured, and I don't know. It, it, it's a worry. What about our prospects tomorrow night, then, Roger, uh, against uh, the, the mighty Real Madrid? How, how do you rate our chances? Well, I, I was concerned, John, in a recent programme that it mentioned about the, uh, the the separate treatments that City players have been receiving, particularly since the, the gruelling encounters against Atletico Madrid. 71 separate treatments for, for our squad of, you know, 20 players or whatever it is. Uh, that's a lot of treatments, a lot of bruises, a lot of bumps and bruises that need sorting out. Kevin De Bruyne is a case in point. I understand he's had six stitches in a foot injury. Now, you know, to ask him to play with stitches in his foot, I think, is a big, big thing to in itself. I can only hope that the timing for tomorrow night's game is such that maybe the stitches have been taken out 
and the injury has healed. Um, he is absolutely essential to our chances of success. They've got a good, good side, Madrid. You know, they're no mugs. They know what they're doing. They, they, they beat Chelsea fairly easily in the end. Um, they know what they're doing. The good thing for us is it will not be like the Atletico games. You know, we will be playing a team who's prepared to play a little bit of football against us. Yeah, I take comfort from that as well, David. And I've been telling myself it will be easier than Atletico Madrid. Am I right in saying that, do you think? Um, well, it'd be easier. In some ways, yeah, it's more our football, isn't it? Our type of football. There might be some gaps. The midfield is a little bit older. That will help. If we keep Benzema quiet, I think we've got a good chance. Um I, I, I hate it at the moment because what's happening at the moment is all the press and the pundits keep going on. Oh, City will win it. City will definitely get through the, the better side. I mean, it's quite weird to think 13 times European winners and all we get is we're a better side and, we, and we're the favourites to beat them and we should beat them and there's no reason why we won't. Uh, you know, that's always a bit of a doom, uh, a, a worry. But um, yeah, I think if we keep... Benzema are quiet. I think we've got a much better chance, but uh, it's going to be a tough one. Ideal scoreline? 2 0. 2 0 is an ideal. 5 0 would be good, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Realistically. Real. Well, I'll tell you what, let's take a little break right there. When we come back, we'll be talking about the rest of uh, the season for City and do we really stand a chance of winning the Premier? I'd like a quick word, too, about my hometown club. Poor old Oldham Athletic, uh, uh, you know, the first Premier League team to go out in the league. Sad, sad day for people like myself from Oldham and everyone associated with that town. I know a, a club that's had some fantastic times, particularly under our old mate uh, Joe Roll. So I worry about them in a couple of minutes. But uh, first of all, as I said, we're looking forward to Man City's rest of the season, where we see the threats, if any. So stay with us. Welcome back to the Man City Show. So, how do you rate our prospects for the rest of the season? Can we really clinch the title uh, once again? I'm in the company of uh, Roger Reed and David Blakeney. Um, David, kick off first first of all. How do you see it for the rest of the season? We've got. Like, let me just run through it. We've got Leeds away. We've got Real Madrid, of course. We've got Newcastle. We've got West Ham. We've got Villa, and a game against Wolves yet to be to be arranged. Are we going to win them all? No. <laughs> There's a chance of. Drawing one, maybe a chance of losing one. There's definitely, I can't see us winning all five, that's for sure. West Ham will be an interesting one. We, we you know, we've got a fairly good record against West Ham. But, you know, with their commitment. Yeah, but that was on penalties. And um, I, I think it's probably a B state of mind with West Ham and whether they pick up in, they've got some hard games. It's, you know, They've got some difficult games in Europe as well. So that will be, you know, if they lose those, they might be a bit deflated. If they've got nothing to play for, that might play in our hands. Or even if they get through to the final, then they'll be thinking about the final, not whatever way. So there could be some bonuses when we play them. Wolves are never easy away, are they? And we've lost a couple of times to them in the past away. Um, We should beat Leeds, yeah, the home games. Even though Newcastle playing well, we should beat them. But... Yeah, maybe you still just think there's a banana skin out there where Liverpool just look like they're just knocking everyone out. Like 
religiously just punching people out of the way. And um, they just seem, they've just got a better forward line and they just look like they can finish it at any point. That's what worries me as well. I'll come back to Liverpool in just a tick. But first of all, with you, Roger, where do you, where do you see the danger for City's fixtures? I mean, everyone keeps saying Wolves away, and I, I agree with that. But it, the other point I bear in mind, I'm a born pessimist, is, is that I'm a City fan, aren't I? Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. I bear in mind is that, you know, a couple of these teams who are doing badly are now doing a lot better. Like Leeds are doing a lot better than they were. Newcastle are doing a lot better than, than they were. Villa are, 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 no, are no pushover anymore. So, I don't see any of this as being easy, quite frankly. And West Ham away, you know, certainly not. So I yeah. agree with David's analysis. I, I, I think there's every chance we'll, we'll slip up somewhere and, and maybe even drop four points. But and, you know, we'll come to Liverpool in a minute. But you know, your analysis on, on, on those fixtures. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Leeds, um, as you rightly say, John, they, they, there's no easy games. You, you can't just expect us to win five games out of five just, just because we're playing well. Uh, Leeds on Saturday, I think, is a real tough game. They have got sucked into the relegation battle because of Burnley's recent wins, um, and they're only just above me. So Leeds are under pressure. So that is going to be a right tough game. I think the interesting spin on the five games that are left for us is that we play at different times to Liverpool in most of them. So that brings about a pressure in the in the same way that you could see Liverpool felt the pressure yesterday particularly by getting to half-time without having scored, you could see the pressure building and building and building. And, and the, the bias commentary, watching the game yesterday, whilst I was doing the ironing, by the way, <laughs> was, uh, was so embarrassing. And Martin Tyler and Jamie Carragher are just... I mean, Jamie Carragher, the, the second goal went in for Liverpool, and he's, he's uh, you know, uh, imitating Gary Neville's comment about building a statue for Divock Origi. Hold on a minute. <laughs> Hold on a minute. If they won the league, you know, I, I just think there's too many people in, in, in television and in the media who've got vested interests in Liverpool doing well, in Liverpool winning the quadruple. And if little old Manchester City can stop them from doing that, Fantastic. Come on, we're no longer little old Manchester City fans. I don't <laughs> let's, let's be realistic. Yeah, I am worried. I watched that game, the Liverpool game, and they were they were indifferent, put it mildly, in, in the first half, weren't they, David? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. obviously, uh, Klopp gave them a right old bollocking, to put it bluntly, at, at, at half-time, and they came out a different time. That, front, that front, front three are a real force to be, to be reckoned with. Um, I'm I'm concerned. Um, let me put it bluntly to you, David. Are we going to win the Premier League title? I don't think we are. No. Really? No. Missing out by a point, two point. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, one or two points. Uh, I think we'll slip up. I can't see them slipping up. They're just a juggernaut at the moment. Roger, are you as, as pessimistic, or, or is that easy? Yeah, I think Liverpool have only got one supposed tough game left, haven't they? Tottenham and Tottenham, I, I think they'll just sweep them aside. So I can see Liverpool winning all their remaining games, which puts the pressure back on City. We've got to win all our remaining games to, to win the league. But, you know, like you, John, you know, it's uh, it, it would be wonderful if we could, but I don't know. I'm not. I'm not convinced that. Uh, because of teams like Leeds, as you say, where there's a lot at stake, Newcastle, who are now, you know, almost fighting for a Europa League position, um, it's it's going to be every game is going to be tough now. Yeah. Also, John, what I was going to say is, 
we seem to be getting away with it. Forget the Watford game, but in general, a number of games, we're sort of getting away with it. We have a bit of a deflection here, a bit of luck, and we just, we're not convincing where Liverpool are absolutely like every goal they score, they just batter that ball in the goal. And we just, I think the way we play at the moment is just a little bit squeeze your goal here and there and just get away with it, just hold on. And well, you know, you, oh, Hang on a minute, David. Liverpool were lucky yesterday. That, that was a stonewall penalty. And the yeah. fact that the commentary team even mentioned the fact they haven't had a penalty given against them at Anfield for... For however long it is, I don't know how many games it was, but you know, people referees are frightened to death at, at Anfield. Yeah, yeah well, they, they, they were. I agree, they were lucky. That was a stonewall penalty for me, and and everybody else watching, including Frank, Frank Lampard, is going to be in a bit of, bit of trouble now. I think because of his comments about the referee. But you know, in the first half, David, they were not impressive. I tell you, I mean, they they came. No, up, I agree. Up, I agree, John. First half, they were they were turgid. Uh, but I'm I'm. I'm talking about the last five to seven games, not just the, okay. the Everton game. In general, when I've watched them, they've looked really strong. Yeah, I think there was a bit of nerves. It was a local derby. Everton did everything they could to get by. And, and they were very, But the other thing is, they do get that look. Do you remember last time we were neck and neck with them? And like the Tottenham game, they somehow squeezed a win out of a loss. They were just squeezing in the last few minutes goals and... It's growing their way, isn't it? More yeah. than I think with us. Well, listen, before we go, lads, uh, uh, just a word about our not-so-noisy neighbours, Oldham Athletic, it's a, a subject I raised because I was born uh, at Boundary Park Hospital in Oldham, just overlook, overlooking the ground, funnily enough. And I've always had a soft spot for Oldham. I, I remember watching them in the 60s when I was on the local paper there, and they, it was like a sort of last staging pose for old city stalwarts like Ken Brannigan and Bobby Burt Lister and Bobby Johnson. And they had, they had a great run in the, out in the third division. Bobby Johnson used to play for about 10 minutes and win them the game. Uh, then, <laughs> well, he did, it was true. And he was, I, it, it, it was very clear he'd been in the pub the night before, I think. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what a great player he was, by the way. fantastic player he was too, and a great character. And then, of course, we had Joe Royal take charge and their halcyon days of Oldham Athletic, of all teams in the Premier League, and an FA Cup semi-final. And both that Mark Hughes goal, they, they could have gone, gone to the final, I think I'm right in saying. And Roger, your thoughts on Oldham Athletic going out, not out of business, but out of the league? Oh, absolute tragedy, John. Yeah, when you when you look back at some of the people, I, I mean, I've worked closely with, with the club. I've been lucky enough to work closely with the club during the halcyon days in the Premier League and so on. Wonderful people like Ian Stott, who was chairman, Tom Finn, Mark Blackburn, uh, Alan Hardy, who worked so hard for so many years for the club. So diligently, you know, uh, yeah, it's it's just a tragedy. I just I can't believe it's been allowed to happen, um, and over such a short period, really. When you consider the start of the Premier League was only in '92, and they were one of the founding club members. So yeah, ter terrible, terrible news. And uh, yeah, I, I really hope Latex can get back in uh, yeah, as soon as possible. One wonders why why it's all happened, David. I mean, I, I'm no longer close to the club physically or in any other way. I live 200 miles away, but I, I read what I read in the papers. And the, as far as the fans are concerned, the ownership's uh, been disastrous, hasn't it? I mean, they, they hate the owner. There've been all these protests, and you know the fact they've had, was it 11 managers in four years? I mean, that's crazy, isn't it, David? Yeah, it's very weird, isn't it? It's a bit. When you think about the game at the weekend, uh, you've got someone like Salford who come from the other extreme to where they are now. 
and then you've got Oldham gone from the other extreme to down to where they are. And the two, you know, when you think the two fairly local sides have got to that, that position, and it, it's just remarkable, isn't it? And, and what what a shame, in my view, uh, Roger. Just a final thought. What a shame, in my view, that clubs like City can't take them over. I mean, they could be a great feeder club for City, wouldn't it? But apparently, we're not, that's not that's not within the rules. They could say, yeah, yeah. And I think people in football are generally becoming a little bit concerned about one or two of the owners. I'm not I'm not picking on uh, Oldham in particular, but some owners seem to be. I don't know, getting away with this um, fit and proper person test. Yeah. Um, and a lot of fans are against their, their members, against their, their owners, shall we say. I can remember I, I was actually working at Blackpool in the 90s, um, in, in the early 2010s, sorry, when, when they got promotion to the Premier League. And there was a real disparity, a real um, disagreement between the supporters of the club and the owners. Um, and it's fine when the owners finally move on because the fans are there forever. You know, yourself, John, as a, as a Latics fan, you'll, in your heart, you'll be a Latics fan forever, wherever they are, whatever the yeah. division they're playing in. Um, and, and fan ownership, I know, has been talked about, but one or two of these owners, they're dodgy to me. Well, we, we've no, we don't know what, what's happening all the time. I'm not confessing in any detail, but it's just a sad, sad day. Uh, chaps, thank you very much indeed for your participation. That's uh, Roger Reed and uh, David Blakeney. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. And all I can say, well, obviously we wish City well. We hope it's been a, going to be a fantastic end of season. And let's wish Oldham well as well, because uh, it'd be great to see them roaring back into, into League Two uh, next year. Many thanks. Yeah, for yeah. Join us the Man City yeah, yeah. whenever you can. Bye-bye. Thank you. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this show, contact us at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.